you get to the point where your material are creating with you. Yeah. It's like you're just kind of letting them tell you where they want to go. So when you can make yourself do that with creating little worlds or Zen garden, that that pure creativity. I love that. Hello, all my free-spirited and eager creatives out there. Thank you for joining me on the Sage Arts Podcast. This is Sage, and we are here for the first episode of 2024. I'm really excited to get back to regular schedule, spending time with you every week after the end of last year being a little wonky, to say the least. So this will be great. The fates, however, have already been trying to mess with my schedule. My mother-in-law ended up in the hospital this week. She's she's okay. It's a broken hip thing. She had a very successful surgery, so she's got a few months of recovery to look forward to. But my father-in-law, love him, but he's not good being on his own. <laughs> so Brett, myself, and Brett's brother have been taking care of the both of them for the last, I don't know, five or six days while literally all the rest of the family was out of town. So hopefully now they're all back and it'll calm down and the assistance will be spread out a little bit more. But I guess that just goes to show that there's no guarantee that there won't be odd weeks coming up. I mean, I have a grandbaby on the way. (laughs) There's a family reunion. I have my regular trips to Colorado to check in on family and my old house that is home to some dear friends of mine. Uh, There's people in Maui I got to go check in on, Uh, (laughs) you know, so not to mention the art and the books to finish. Right. So there's, you know, there's stuff, but we're getting on this ride and we'll work it out as it comes. But in any case, I was thinking, okay, how do you start out the new year as we head into my second full year of podcasting? And I came up with a I don't know if it's a kind of weird idea. I'm weird. So, you know, (laughs) I just thought it would be great to have some kind of first episode of the year tradition. And since last year, the first interview I did was with my dear friend, Christy Friesen, and we had so much fun. And she is one of the people along with Brett that inspired the format and the kind of content I wanted for this podcast. So I thought, what if I just bring her on again? I don't think anybody'd be bored by hearing from her again. She's just such a great guest. So I talked to Christy and she was game. So we are going to have Christy Friesen on with us in just a minute. It's going to be a little bit different since I interviewed her last year. I thought I would just let you all in on one of our kind of typical conversations. So we picked a topic and we are just going to blather about it. And it gets into some really interesting possibilities for you. Some fun new possible projects that we're going to give you ideas for and just contemplation about where we are in this crazy, heavily connected, super busy world of ours and how we take care of ourselves. Now, normally at this point, I do a little bit of business stuff, but I don't really have a lot of business. So I do have one shout out I'd like to give to Dave and Kate Goff, who they're not visual artists, they're primarily musicians and writers. And Dave is my web guy. so <laughs> But apparently they are regular listeners of the podcast and are getting a lot out of it. I just want to thank you so much for chatting with me. It was really enlightening to hear your take on the episodes. I love to hear from any one of you listeners, anything that you have to tell me, any ideas, uh, especially stories about things that you've been through that are similar to the kinds of subject matter that we're talking about or just whatever, because I just love hearing from you. Any kind of communication is welcome, good, bad, or otherwise. And you can reach out to me by going to the sagearts.com website. Just click on the contact page or reach out on Instagram or Facebook through the direct messaging or comment on posts on the Sage Arts podcast pages there. There's also buttons on the website on the homepage for donations. If you want to give back and support this little endeavor, there's Buy Me a Coffee or PayPal donations. That's a little ways down the homepage at the sagearts.com website. 
There's also a button on that homepage to sign up for the newsletter if you want to get regular notices of what's coming out and any of the little extras I put out or exercises or images or anything I do for the particular episodes that need that kind of support. And the only place really to download them will be through the newsletter because it's the only kind of easy format for me to give you access to it. But I'll also post images on Instagram when possible. They're just not downloadable. So all of these items are linked in the show notes or description sections of the pages from which you are listening to this podcast. So you can go there as well. Business aside, let's get on to our fun and info-packed conversation today. The subject matter is focused on tending to ourselves as well as our creativity, which is, I think, a really great way to start out the year. And Christy and I thought you'd like to eavesdrop in on our thoughts on the matter because of something that both of us did simultaneously, separately, like hadn't talked to each other, um, because apparently we are both trying to find ways to recapture our creative childlike spirit and also tend to ourselves as creatives. So if you want to have questions in mind as you listen to our discussion, I think it comes down to asking whether you have ready access to your child side and do you do creative work for yourself, like to amuse yourself, or do you find you are primarily motivated and maybe get lost in your obligations to others or a sense of being service to other people or the betterment of the world in general? As you'll hear, it's not that these are exclusive actions, but sometimes in the balance between taking care of ourselves and taking care of others, attending to our needs in order to better attend to others, really, it kind of gets out of whack. So maybe just consider where you are on that spectrum of having a good balance of those kinds of things in your life. Okay, let's go talk to Christy. And as I alluded to, this is going to be kind of a co-host situation, kind of like what I do with Brett. So you get to hear us do our thing, which is a lot of talking. <laughs> but for those who aren't familiar with Christy or didn't hear the first episode of 2023, let's have the lady herself tell us a little bit about who she is and what she does. Welcome back, Christy. Say hi to the peoples. Well, hi. First of all, it's very nice to be called a lady. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that too often, so I'll take it. That sounds all right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love being over here with you and chit-chatting. We have always so many clever, interesting things to thank yeah. people. Uh, my name's Christy Friesen, obviously, and I am an artist, uh, a weirdo, a chocolate and other exotic flavor fan, mm -hmm. and just all-around groovy girl. So, or according to Sage, a lady. So that's always good to <laughs> Just know. Today. But yeah, I primarily consider myself artistic. And yeah, and so that means I not only make, but I like to share that making process with everybody yeah. else. So yeah. That's been my life for the last several decades. I, I can't think of anything else. Oh, I live in Maui. Oh yeah, you live in Maui. And I am in a turtleneck with a sweater and a jacket on, and she is in a little tank top, like barely little strappy thing. She's just right? all like, what else? And I, I turned off my air conditioning. So just so you know, oh, that's what wow. I'm dealing with over wow. here. Is that cold, huh? <laughs> uh, but you know, I love love being here as a creative. My brother lives here. I moved here about four years ago. My studio just, uh, it's a little room, so my studio sounds really grand, but it's actually my bedroom that I roll out of bed and directly into my computer or workstation. But it's got a big window that looks right out at Mount Haleakala, which mm -hmm. is just, I mean, gorgeous. gorgeous. I look through my little orchid and then out onto the mountain. And then on the other side of our little condo here, the ocean. So it's a beautiful place to be a creative person. Yeah. And yeah, it's just fantastic. Everything about my life now is all creativity. I talk to people online. I do courses that I you know, create, I have memberships, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a beautiful life. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I go to visit her in Hawaii. 
And it's like, I mean, we we go and check out stuff, but it always seems to be based around like creativity and making things and the cool things yep. that we find that we can use to make things with. I and know, then going and getting the coffee to yeah. help us keep up so we can make all the things. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. The, so, yeah. Yes, exactly. You're, you'll actually kind of get to, I think, hear us in our native format. <laughs> yes, our natural setting, right? Because in, we're in co <laughs> instead of it being a straight up interview this time, I'm trying a little co-hosting with Christy and maybe some other people this year. I'll be doing that with as well because I have so much fun with it with Brett. Because there's back and forth. I mean, I, I, love it. I do a lot of yeah. the talking. <laughs> so I thought I'd see what happened if I brought Christy on because Christy usually does most of the talking. <laughs> just <teasing. laughs> Yeah, I'm good at that. You've noticed. That. But I love the co-host idea that I can like not feel like I'm having to answer questions, but yeah. that you and I are having a conversation that other people are vicariously listening in and feeling like they're there with us. I think most interview situations, the good ones are like that anyway, I like that but too, I feel yeah. like this is nice yeah. to kind of jump into that face yeah. right off the bat. And you can feel free yeah. to ask me questions and I'll relay some of my stories and you'll relay some of your stories. And Yeah, yeah I like that. So like since we haven't chatted, at least where people can hear us <laughs> for a yeah. year, why don't we talk about the past year? How was your 2023, creatively Man, speaking? Right. That is a, a wonderful place to start. I feel like for me, 2023 has been really interesting. I mean, I'm mean, here in Hawaii. What could go wrong with that? So let's just <laughs> say that. I haven't had to deal with any of those things that so often happen in life that really can make it a challenge. So it's just been kind of exploring what the hell I want to be when I grow up. Right. Which is yeah. an interesting thing to do, right? And yeah. I've I've come to the conclusion that what I want to be when I grow up is a kid. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I think go. we had it right when we were kids. We were kids. Right? We you didn't jumped know. around in the mud and you caught bugs and you ran around and other people had food ready for you when you got in the house, which I love that. <laughs> Ideal. <laughs> so my, I think my 2023 has been sort of exploring this whole weird thing. And you and I have talked about this so often, this weird relationship when you're a creative kid who is creative also as a livelihood. So it's like your personal life and your private life and your business life are all intermingled yeah. and they're just all messed together. That's a weird space to be. Yeah. So I think we both are sort of exploring that this past year. Yeah, because there's a whole balance thing that we're constantly trying to work out. It's like you never find a perfect balance because stuff just keeps getting thrown into the mix. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So for me this last year, I had a weird, a couple weird situations. But I mean, I did the podcast. I was still trying to write. I was getting back into painting. And right. then all the stuff happened on the house. And then Brett got so busy at work that I had to do all the things. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's so right. that was difficult. And then it was just a weird thing too, because either I was doing the podcast and trying to grow it and grow the audience and right, maybe right. trying to monetize it. And I had to choose something. So I chose not to work on the things that would monetize the podcast, which right. is weird. But I had to let go of the idea after being a business person since my first business yeah. was in nineteen ninety-nine. To not try to make money at what I was doing. So <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was very strange. It changes the whole life work balance thing. And then also rediscovering things about yourself as you go through this process. Like one of the things that I kind of knew, but didn't quite see how clearly it was a thing for me was I have a really hard time switching gears. So if I'm doing uh -huh. one thing, even during the week, the whole of the week, I kind of just want to be in the same mode, you know? So. When all the stuff in the yeah. house started happening and why I was very irregular about the podcast the last couple of months was because yeah. it was very hard for me to go from all the 
house fixing, plant researching, whatever stuff I was doing to sit down and write and do the podcast and things like that. So I'm like, I want to forgive myself for not being that perfect person who could do everything in the same day. Boy, that's a mouthful right there. I love that you said that because I think so many of us are unpacking this concept of just what is expected of us. Right. And especially if you are entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. in the arts, I think even more particularly, the the expectations we have on ourselves are just nuts. Yeah. Because we're, we're expected to simultaneously be completely and without any holdback creative. Yeah. At the same time as running the business. And right. there are two different brain functions yeah. on the best of days <laughs> if your brain is functioning. So to try and continue to be going back and forth and doing it, that gets harder and harder. And I think as we get older, maybe it gets even a little bit more challenging just because of the demands of, you know, you have less energy or you have less brain space or whatever it may or be. Life maybe gets less more complicated. Power. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The kids leave the house, but... It- I don't know. I think my kids need more things from me now than, than they, <laughs> since, I don't know, maybe since they were tiny, you know. So, it's, yeah. yeah, things just get complicated and, and that's constantly happening. So our work-life yeah. balancing is an ever-changing thing that it we're is. trying to figure out. Yeah, I know that's been on my brain. You know, whenever you and I talk about this, we are both having that on our brain constantly about how do we disassociate the need for a monetary conclusion to validate the creative process at the same time of being people who need to do at least some aspect, maybe me more more so than you at this point, of making a living at it. Right. It's just a weird thing, right? It, yes. Like my brain and my heart rebel at the idea of any of it needing to make any money. Right. But my, apparently my credit card companies <laughs> feel like I should be paying them on a regular basis. I don't even know right. what that's about. I've tried to tell them I'm an artist, but they don't seem to take that as the thing. So whatever. <laughs> This part of the conversation kind of dovetails into the subject matter that we're kind of get to today, too. So 2023 was about the work-life balancing. And maybe that's why the two of us ended up doing kind of the same thing or working on the same ideas the end of this year. So... Um, more often than not, which freaks me out some days. Right? We're like, so- you'll tell me what you're doing, and I'll be like, that's what I was also doing. It's very <laughs> yeah. cool. But we, we're doing it in very different sizes, though, this yeah. time. So. But still, philosophically, we're often on this same kind of wave pattern. I don't know. I mean, it might be that the whole world is on a certain wave pattern. Yeah. Because you notice very like, people too, come actually. up with like some of the same ideas and artwork all at the same time, but independently. Yeah. So yeah. in any case, yeah, I was working on the backyard over here at the Baron Homestead. And in one area, I decided we shouldn't have anything for various reasons. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to do some kind of like rock garden thing. And then I thought it'd be nice if you didn't have to like put it together and then just have it that way for the next 20 years. Well, I'm like, what can we do to make it changeable? And then I started thinking about kind of like Zen gardens, but not Zen gardens. Right. I love the natural art that people do where they're, they make arrangements of rocks or leaves right. or twigs or whatever. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have an area where I could just put rocks and bits and bobs and doodads and little vessels and and anything that might work together that can be arranged or rearranged either by us or people that are visiting us. So kind of like a rock garden, zen garden playground. (laughs) Oh, I I remember you telling me that. I just thought, what a great idea. I love that idea. But then you told me about a thing that you're doing. I'm like, you're basically (laughs) doing the same thing on a very small scale. So tell tell the listeners what it is that you came up with. Isn't that so wild? Again, like I'm always mind blown when we do these sorts of things in the same genre, so to speak. Yeah, I have a small back lanai. So it's like basically a balcony. 
And so I've made as much little garden as I can out there. But I thought, I want these little worlds too, like you were talking about. So I got a bunch of these little dishes, just little condiment, like Japanese condiment dishes. And I just started making little worlds out of them. There's one that I've got like some black band in it. And then I had this little castle that I had built as a project or something. And I had broken it off of its thing. So there was just a castle lying around. I thought, well, what if I just <laughs> stick this in the sand? I put a couple of crystals in here. Hey, that's cool. And then same thing. I had another little dish. I put the moss in it, some little bits of bird feathers that have floated down from my lanai and added some nifty little metal orb that I had collected uh-huh. somewhere along the way. And I just thought, you know, this is really fun to create a little dish that you can constantly use it to showcase either some treasures that you have yeah. or turn it into just like a little world for a while until like you can get sick of it and we make a different one. I don't know why that is so fun and satisfying, um, but we were telling each other this like me too, like, only mine is tiny and on my desk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing that struck me is that we were both working on something that didn't have a marketed end game. You know, yeah. we weren't doing this to build something. I mean, I think you have some ideas of yeah. sharing this idea with other people that will be marketed. Right. But the whole idea of doing a piece of artwork that is temporal and isn't going to be yes. sold you know, yeah. and that's wholly yours. So when you're doing something like that, you don't really have to take in all the usual considerations of, oh, is this saleable? It, who, which right. market is this going to be for? How is the construction? So it's durable in whatever format or right. form it's going to be used or hung or you know shown. Right. And right. I think because it's temporal, you don't have to think about all the outside influence stuff that we do. Like, what will people yeah. think of this? How will they see this? Because it's really just for you. You yeah. do it for yourself and you are doing it in that moment and it's only for that moment. So it's yeah. a very temperable, changeable art that I think is a little less risky for a lot of us yeah. to, to not feel that how this is going to be judged or whether it's going to be successful in our market if we're a selling artist. So I think it just takes away a lot of the pressure and the stress that we have while we're working that may keep us from getting in, into flow or keep us from enjoying it as much. And now then the question is, why is this useful or important and why are we drawn to it? Yeah, I think it goes back like you and I were talking about, like being a kid again. Yeah. What you did when you were kids, you build things out of your blocks and you make little tracks and you set up these things. And like for me, I don't know about you when you were a kid, but I spent so much more of my time getting everything ready to play you know you had to make sure you had the rocket base was squared away in the area where the astronauts came you know and then this is the dressing rooms in case they had to go to a party later you know you had to set up the whole thing so actually playing with your astronaut toys not as exciting setting up the whole base much more exciting oh yeah no that's very part of being a child of that just pure imagination nobody is responsible at the end of the day you know you go inside for dinner and hopefully you pick up your toys afterwards i mean like there's nothing that you gained except for the experience maybe that's what we're looking for is that experience more than anything else exactly and i think that's the value is that we as artists especially if you're working artists are constantly no matter how hard you try somewhere in the back of your mind there is what is this for you know how can i make money on it or you know, who am I going to sell it to? Or are people going to like it? Like, even if you're not a selling artist, but you do post things, the influence right. of what are they going to think on Instagram? If I post this, who's going to like this? How many likes am I going to get? Right. Whatever, you know, those kinds right. of things, I think for most of us, eke in while we're doing stuff. And so yes. if something like this, 
it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you could take a picture of what you did and post it so people might think of that, you know. But if you just have something that you can just play around with without any end game, without any particular outcome other than I am in this moment. And yeah. when you think about that, that's that's the essence of mindfulness and like mindfulness yeah. med- meditation yeah. is Absolutely. trying to get you in the moment. And if you meditate, yeah. uh, the most common thing is to be focused on your breath. So you're just focusing right. on one thing so that you can calm everything down and then just get your brain on kind of one track. And for me, working on this kind of thing, my thing in my backyard is not made yet, but we're in the process of making it. But I've done that kind of thing just like with polymer clay. It's very easy just to get all your scraps together and just muddle around as a precursor to working on more serious pieces because I don't have any expectations out of the stuff I'm mucking around with beforehand. But it gets my brain in that mode and I get into flow and I get kind of lost. And there's no real risk other than nothing comes out of it. Sometimes something does come out of it. I end up making a usable piece out of it, which is kind of fun but I don't have that expectation. Yeah, that's not your goal. Yeah, yeah, so I can be focused on one thing, like instead of the breath, it's the malleability of the polymer and just molding it. And that's all I'm focused on and you get into flow and it's really good for stress and it's really good for anxiety levels and your brain health and all this stuff. I mean, that absolutely my preferred form of meditation is being in flow state when you're art. I mean, right. I can sit and do the the normal traditional meditation, but quite frankly, I get bored of it. But when I'm <laughs> in a flow state, I feel like I'm in the same yep. brain thing. I am completely in the moment. You get to the point where your materials are creating with you. Yeah. Even if it's something simple like making a little world, it's like you're just kind of letting them tell you where they want to go, which is an amazing thing yeah. as a creative that people who don't tap into that creative part of them don't really know what that means. But anybody listening who is creative and has been in that moment where you are almost like disconnected from the thought process of making and you are just flowing in it. I mean, that's right. a beautiful place. And, yeah. and it's playtime. It's fun. It's just everything you want your life to be for those moments, you know, so yeah. So when you can make yourself do that with creating little worlds or Zen gardens or, you know, there's so many ways you can get to that state, but it's that pure creativity. I love that. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, and it doesn't matter what material is. In fact, it doesn't matter what creative form it is. People will say something about the material took over the wood told yeah. me what to carve. My characters and my stories ran off and did Both their own thing. Yeah. And, you know, like we always like see another entity in our process. Yes, exactly. Like you're and, stepping back and observing it happening, which is like you become the observer of it, which is really an interesting thought. But it's obviously it's not the inanimate material uh, or the words or whatever they're doing. It's right. part of your brain that you don't usually have access to. That's off doing its own thing. It's back there, though. You know, that subconscious or that like next layer down that is is working in the background all the time and you don't know it. So when you're working with these materials and all of a sudden it seems like they're doing their own thing, that's really that other part of your mind. And it is doing it. Everything is energy, right? Everything is vibration and energy and frequencies. And if you buy into that idea that everything is energy, which, you know, physics seem to imply that that may be so. (laughs) When you are matching your energy to sort of the creative vibe of the universe, you're just kind of in the same frequency as all things that are made. And then you are just flowing in that space for as long as you're matching your energy with that. And then just things happen and it's interesting and it's fun. And as long as you are in that brain energy space, then things just create themselves with you. And that's very cool. And like you said, it could be anything. It could be dancing or singing or you know, baking or gardening or any of these things where we're making something happen. 
Yeah, it's my, and I, it's my I, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I really believe everybody needs to do that in some form. I just think as human yeah. beings, I think it's really essential. And I think the things that we're talking about in terms of these temporal pieces of art really point out the advantages of basically art therapy, you can say. But it is therapeutic, whether you're doing art as a business and, you know, something that you you do to to pay the bills. But when you're in that flow state, when you're in that mode, you really do let go of the worries and concerns and you are really in the moment, which is what pretty much every meditative type of thing I've ever looked into, that's what you're focused on, like trying to just be in the moment. And art can get you there and very easily. And you're right. I meditate as well, but it's just so hard because there's a hundred thousand things I have to do and they're like hanging over my head back here waiting for me to be done with my meditation. But in (laughs) art, no, in art or writing or any of my creative modes, I can just, I get in it and I'm gone. I don't know what's going on with the rest of the world. Yeah, (laughs) that's a a strange way of altering. Like so many people have to go towards chemicals and other kinds of experiences that will help Mm -hmm. alter their mind. And I'm not knocking that one way or the other. I think there's a place for all those things. But when you're creative, you have access to that mind altering state whenever you want. I don't think people really realize how interesting that can be. And a lot of it has to do with letting yourself play. Right. And not like, like you said, thinking about what the end result is, what is this for, what is this supposed to be? I mean, if you drop all of that and you just mess about, yeah, um, yeah, you get to these altered states rather uh, easily, I think, as a creative. Go but ahead. I love yeah. the little worlds thing because it is actually like traveling you to a different place that's very tangible. It's like, I am making this little thing or I'm putting little these world, little yeah. dyes here. I'm making a pod or I'm creating a, you know. Whatever is like you're actively creating a different universe for yourself to play in for a few minutes. I yeah, I, I so love the idea. Obviously, we're both working on it, but I think for a lot of people who have a harder time getting into flow because it's not always easy for everybody. You know, some right. it's just it takes time to get the rest of our life kind of like you know out of our way. Right. But the less stress you have, the less of yeah. external influence that you have, the less fear associated with yeah. what you're doing the easier it is to get into it. Because flow state is accomplished with a challenging activity that is not so challenging as to be frustrating, but right. that makes you feel accomplished as you do it, right? If you can work on something like you can make a little world out of nothing, yeah. out of these few little things and just get right. into it, and there's no real risk, there's no real worries, you can get lost in it. I think for some people who have a harder time to get into flow, this may actually give them an opportunity to do that. So there's really a real low stress aspects to doing temporal art. And I, and it doesn't have to be like what Christy and I are talking about with our little dishes or our, our big rock bed. It could be in anything. It, it could be arranging leaves on the ground. Yeah, I do have to insert because I'm such a tree hugger that if you are in a <laughs> national forest or any kind of protected area, don't move anything around because yeah, you yes. are potentially ruining a small ecosystem. Like when people right. are, are building cairns in national parks and stuff, they're literally destroying very fragile ecosystems yeah, for very small animals and microorganisms and all that kind of stuff. So in any of those protected places, just be careful about doing this kind of thing. But in your backyard, 
with the stuff yeah. you're going to take and throw in the trash anyways. <laughs> right. <Then> that, <laughs> your that's rocks, cool. your twigs, whatever. <laughs> Go out there and you can just, you know, move things around and make patterns and decorations or make faces. Whatever speaks to you. You know, maybe, maybe you do that with your, I don't know, your yogurt in the morning. You know, like do little designs with your fruit in it. I don't, whatever. <laughs> the, the, I mean, that actually can be so much fun and you could decide, oh, I'm going to just share my fruit story every morning. <laughs> and you think about that. That's the kind of thing a child would do. You know, yeah. that's the kind of thing yeah. I did. <laughs> yes. I just kind of arranged my food. <laughs> I yeah, want to see things in with it. You know? Yeah. I mean, you watch kids. Like, yeah. I'm going, I go down to the ocean almost every evening. Um, my brother and I will go down about an hour before sunset, and we've got a favorite little bee, and we just get out in the wave and we watch the sunset from the ocean. But one of the fun things besides watching the sunset is watching all the people on the shore because yeah. you've got all the kids running around. I love watching them make sandcastles because it does not matter how old that kid is, including the teenagers and the young adults, the adults and the parents. <laughs> Once you start playing in the sand and you just decide, I'm making something here, that's it. They're done. They are making sandcastle now until they suddenly come back into their reality and go, oh, shoot, I'm a grown person and I'm covered with sand. But, you know, while until they remember that, they are back to being a five-year-old again, and they're just digging and creating towers and making little holes. It's a beautiful what, thing to watch. Yeah. Them. Fantastic classical example of temporal art. Yeah. Because anybody who's ever gone to beach has probably done this. And you yes. know it's not going to last. You're going to be lucky if you get to finish it before the waves come and take it away. Yeah. And yet everybody goes to the beach and does this. Why? Yep. It's, yeah. We're not going to get anything out of it. We can't sell it. Most of us are not going to take pictures of so it. Well, so the kids tactile. aren't going to take pictures of it. Yeah. But it's it's so much fun. And that's the kind of thing I think maybe we do, need to do more of. You I know, so it's just get lost in something that doesn't have any value outside of the process of that moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've lived in this like the, you know, and we're not going to get into a discussion about capitalism, but we live in a society <laughs> where everything is geared on you being productive and you creating something that has value. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. All I'm saying is it's a tremendous amount of pressure. For everything that you do to always have a, either a price tag or a judgment call on it. Judgment so calls, if yeah, we can big. make ourselves have a regular habit of doing something every day that makes no sense, that is temporary <laughs> and is just to amuse ourselves, I think that would be a really great meditation, a really great practice, a really great thing to help ourselves feel really good about just being us and just enjoying Life. I absolutely believe that. And I think there are more demands on us now, not in any real concrete way, but we have all these subtle demands from societal demands, like being yeah. on social media. And I, I apologize to all of you who are tired of me going on about how social media is a problem, <laughs> but it, it, it is wonderful. It is such a fantastic way to keep in contact with people, to see what other people are doing, to really get to understand other people's worlds. And I love that. But I really have such a hard time with the fact that because we see so much of what other people are doing, we feel like we have to keep up and we feel right. like th this right. is, these people are popular and these people are getting attention and these people are selling their work and we have to be like them and we have to yeah. figure out what that secret is. So we have a lot of more subtle expectations that we put on ourselves. Yeah. Because we're competitive creatures. We're competitive yeah. in some fashion. Yeah. I don't think of myself as competitive, but we do compare. And it's also a social paradigm, wouldn't you say, that like in order not to be ostracized, which is built deep into our lizard brain, we have got to fit in. So if they're right. all doing that and yeah. I'm not, that means I'm going to be left behind and starve to death out in the wilderness. 
So, you know, right. you have that sort of a biological imperative to kind of right. keep up yeah. with what you think everyone else is doing. Yeah, no, exactly. This is something that's built into us from, I don't know, tens Deep. of thousands of years yeah. of being social creatures. Because social media is so far reaching, we have gone from being concerned about our social status within our local community or our family, rather small group of people. And you can be the great artist, the person that's admired for your art within a small group and feel good about it. But then you go online and you feel like, well, look, all these people doing this crazy, wonderful stuff. I can't do that. And yeah, you shouldn't do yeah. that, first of all. So just I mean, get it out of your minds that what people are doing online is something that you should be doing or that you should be doing as well as them or whatever. Because honestly, I don't even know what the percentage is. I'm gonna, Maybe I should research this at some point. How much of the stuff that you see online is actually doctored? Like the oh. artwork is doctored. It is fixed. I've actually yeah. watched some art process videos or TikToks or whatever, and they cut between things. Right. I could see what they did, and they took shortcuts that they're not showing. And they're making people feel right. like they can't do that kind yeah. of work. But these people are, so why, you know, they should be able yeah. to. And a lot of it's fake to yeah. some extent. So we end up with all this pressure to do something that isn't even real. Yeah. So, yes, I love this idea of going back and just practicing like kind of how to be a child again. Yes. Because all yeah. these, these temporal things, children never made, I don't, well, I guess nobody I knew, no child I knew, including myself, made things to sell them, you know? And I actually, as a child, had opportunities to sell what I did. I had an opportunity to right. publish. I had an opportunity to sell my artwork, my crazy <laughs> child artwork. But I didn't want to because I just wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, and then I didn't want someone to take it away from me. <laughs> yeah. They would steal yeah. it and take it away. Because yeah. one thing did actually go off for a year and, and tour with some art uh, show or whatever. And I thought they stole my, my stuffed bunny that I made. <laughs> and I was yeah. so sad. But as a child, you make it for yourself. Yeah. You do it for yourself. Yeah. You amuse yourself, like you said. And I don't think we amuse ourselves specifically. Yeah. Like, what do we do? Like, you and I talk about this all the time. It's like, what are you doing? To amuse yourself, we both have all of these stacks of things we need to do and we need to get to down do, yeah. as the limit. But it's like, what are we doing just for us? You know, and yeah. a lot of time, your answer to me and my answer to you be like, well, I have these things that I want to do, but I haven't got to those <laughs> <Right>. yet. <laughs> we should be on the forefront of knowing that we have to make time to just amuse ourselves. Yes. You know, but sometimes we don't. That's my goal for 2024. I want to try and amuse myself as much as possible share the amusement because I enjoy sharing the amusement. And then hopefully somehow that will magically pay my bill. But I want to <laughs> amuse myself more and just follow the joy. That's going to be kind of my catchword for this year. It's just like, well, I have a lot of them, but joy is one of them. You yeah. know, just follow the joy, you know, just have fun, be in the moment, you know, all those, yeah. all those things we know. But the joy part, I really want to just do joy. I have this picture in my head that's probably from Greek mythology, Persephone or somebody as somebody is walking on the dirt, every footprint that is left behind, you know, the flowers are growing in each one of those footprints. Like, that's what ah. I want my my year to be, <laughs> is that every footprint is just a profusion of flowers is that's coming so cool. out of every step. Yeah, so that's yeah. My, my mental thought. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. And I wanted to um, kind of step, half a step back. The amuse yourself thing, I think that should be defined because you can be amused by things like TV or uh, you know, yes. video yeah, yeah, games yeah. or whatever. But I think that's different than yeah. the creativity amuse yourself. You can be passively amused yes. by things yeah. that are fed to you. 
Yeah. But then there's the amuse yourself by things that you do. And it's a very different feeling. Yeah. Like if you made a sandcastle, even if a wave comes up and washes it away, there's a sense of accomplishment that you get out of that because you made it. Yeah. Whereas if you watch someone make a really cool sandcastle, it might be fun to watch them, but you don't get any of those feelings of of accomplishment that you do when you do it yourself. So if you're going to amuse yourself, I think you get the most benefits out of amusing yourself by creating something. And it could be amusing yourself very temporally where you don't have all those pressures and thoughts that you have when you're trying to make something to sustain your business or to uh, get a a wider audience or whatever it is that you do with your artwork. I like that. That's a great clarification. Yeah, because I mean, I know a lot of uh, specific listeners that I've, I've talked to do only do the artwork for themselves, which is fantastic, you know, and a lot of us don't have that kind of, you know, freedom to just be like, I'm just going to do this because I want to do this and it's just for fun, which is fantastic. And I love that you guys get to do that. And then there's those of us who are like, oh, we're trying to make a living. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, or we personally need more out of it. And that's something else I kind of discovered about myself this year is like, uh, because I wasn't monetizing the podcast. So anything that I was doing, I was like, okay, don't think about monetizing because that takes a whole layer of uh, work off your plate. Right. And I realized that I have a hard time doing stuff if I don't have an end game. And since I've had my own business of some sort for over 20 years, that it's hard for me not to go into that mode. So I was like, I I have a, uh, my sister-in-law is an an actor and she put on a one woman play this past month. And a lot of it was about people trying to crush her light. Right. And afterwards, uh, some of the audience was commenting and one of the, actually the, actually the woman who was filming it for her was like saying that she finally understood from what she was showing in this play that she herself never did things for herself. She was always doing things for other people and that her creativity and stuff was always done in the service of other people. Uh-huh. And, and that's very true for me. And her next comment was like, I need to be doing things just for myself where it doesn't have to do with other people. Because it was one of the things that came up in this play. And I thought, oh, my God, it made me cry. I was like, that's me. Ah, interesting. (laughs) You know, whereas a lot of people are like, I'm just going to make art because I love doing it. And it doesn't doesn't have to be for anybody else. And yeah, maybe I'll sell it and that'll be great. And I'll be able to buy more art materials because I'll sell it. But I don't generally do anything without feeling like it has to be in service of other people. And it may be partly because of the way I was brought up. But if you're doing something like these little dishes or the little you know the rock gardens that i'm gonna do you aren't doing it for anybody else you're only doing it for yourself and if you have a hard time doing things to just bring yourself joy and maybe i wonder if that's part of our society or maybe it's a more american thing too where we feel like we need to be doing something with an end result with right. some kind of magnanimous, you know, uh, sense of, of what we're doing is going to improve the world right. or improve life for other people. And maybe sometimes we need to just take care of ourselves and yeah. we don't do it enough. And so temporal work would yeah. do that, you know, yeah. it's just me playing and it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. And in this past week over Christmas, Brett and I went to the mountains yeah, and got a little cabin And we made a deal that we wouldn't be online and we wouldn't do anything except for art, reading, and writing. Oh, that's awesome. And play games. And we played games. And play games, yeah. So we amused ourselves, you know, by ourselves, just the two of us and our dog. 
And in it's in this little town that had nothing else going on. So it wasn't like we right. could go out and entertain ourselves by skiing or kayaking or whatever. And that's what we did. Everything that we did, there was no one else to be considered. Yeah. And it was enlightening because it was hard. Yeah. It was actually kind of hard. Wow. But maybe this is a thing. I don't know if other people are bumping up against something they don't know what it is about being able to let go with their artwork. Maybe that could be part of it. For me, I think it's part of it. And and maybe doing more temporal work will show me the benefits. I don't know. That's kind yeah. of been in the back of my mind as I was typing up the notes for this. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And I, I can really appreciate what you're saying. And I think part of the problem is we have an odd relationship in our culture with what we perceive to be selfishness. And something yeah. I've been kind of changing my viewpoint on quite substantially lately is that when you do things for yourself, to amuse yourself, to be true to yourself, to find your actual core and get into harmony with yourself, that the ripples of you being honest to yourself affect everybody. Yeah. So the motivation that we have to go take care of other people will also be accomplished almost more authentically by taking care of ourselves. Yeah. But there's been such a stigma on doing things for yourself. So there's nothing wrong with thinking of other people. But if you took it the other way around and you just had fun and you had joy and your joy was infectious and other people felt yeah. free to follow their joy because you were following your joy and you weren't taking away from anybody, but you were letting them be also free by example, the same thing gets accomplished, but it's you flooding outwards instead of you trying to catch up and do for everybody else. So it's like a change of perspective that you have to kind of get into alignment with in order to really understand that taking care of amusing yourself is actually benefiting everybody. It's not a selfish act, but we are so caught up in this. Everything has to have another purpose, kind of like a a little tag that goes on it that says what the value of it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If the value is not enough, then we shouldn't do that thing. You know, it's a weird thing to change our thinking about that. I'm working on it. I still and that's funny that you say that as you're saying that I'm like, you know, we're, I, you know, Brett and I played games like every night when we were out there. And we do that at home too, but I don't know. I, my value tag on that is that that's going to help our relationship. Right. Not like let's just do it for fun and it amuses us both. Right. Right. <laughs> why do Why do I do that? <laughs> it has to have another purpose besides. It can't just have the one thing. Right. Yeah. I can't just yeah. go have fun just for the sake yeah. of having fun. Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. But that's not anything wrong with you. This is insidious. It is pervasive yeah. in our entire culture, and that. Many people, I think, are talking about this, but pulling out of that mindset. And I think that that's kind of the interesting thing. Know the difference between being rude and unthoughtful and yeah. being self-aware and self-centered in the in the way that allows other people to just enjoy you being yourself. Because yeah. if everybody was themselves perfectly, everything would just be fine. You know, in that sense, <laughs> if you were out, if you could be yourself authentically, that almost everything else would sort itself out. But, you know, but because we can't, so we have all these other things that we have to do instead, you know, and it gets so complicated. But everything gets caught up in that, including being able to have fun and being creative, you know, they they seem selfish and they're they're not. We've kind of learned not to take care of ourselves first. It's funny because it reminds me of this thing I always tell the kids when they're, you know, trying to take care of their own kids or whatever they're doing and they're worrying about, you know, I've got to do this for that person. I say, okay, yeah. you know, when you're on a plane and they say, if the masks drop down, put your mask right. on first before helping others. Right. That's that's what we're talking that's about. It. You got to take care of yourself 
before you help other people. Now, I say this all the time, <laughs> but it's hard to but do. I it. don't know that yeah. I do this very often or Ditto. as often as I should, really. So, so maybe that's going to be our theme for the year is, yeah. is taking care of ourselves yep. and, uh, you know, the joy. Yep. You know, let the joy bring... ripple out and everybody will still get your joy, but it starts with you. It's not yeah. your joy you're giving to other people, it's the joy you give to you and let it. Let it do its thing yeah. by itself, you know, without you having to feel like you got to micromanage it. I, I, I had an interesting experience that has nothing to do with anything, but for some reason, I thought <laughs> Let's of it. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, just draw the analogies of whatever they may be. But I was, I went down to the beach yesterday morning. Early was like seven in the morning. I just felt like I wanted to go walk on the beach. So as I was crossing the street, just before I was about to cross the street, a guy was jogging across the street from me, like I'm, walking out of my driveway to go across the street and he's going on the sidewalk, you know, down the way. Uh -huh. And he's, he's jogging with a big black Labrador. Right. Um, and so they're, they're jogging past There's some kind of big massive dog like that. And yeah. he, they get a few steps past me. And all of a sudden that dog like turns around and yanks the guy and comes back to me. This dog just wanted to say hello, <laughs> which is, I don't know like, why. Wait a minute. We were I, oh my gosh. The dog <laughs> had to come back. So he's like, like it was my long lost pal. It was like the coolest <laughs> interaction. So this dog comes over and is like so excited to see me. And the guy is looking at me like, what in the heck? He's like, <laughs> Do you know man, dog? my dog just likes you for some reason. They're like, yeah. maybe I knew him in another life. I don't right? know. Anyway, we pet the dog and we go on. But I just thought, you know, what a wonderful thing that this dog's joy was just so complete, so thoughtless. It's just like, I got a great say hi to that person. And it just made <laughs> right? me smile the rest of the day. Just because right? that dog was happy, I got to share in the joy, and that was it. You know, it was just this tiny little interaction for nothing other than two people sharing random joy, you know? And I guess that doesn't really have to do with creativity per se, no, but we can but, extrapolate. But the joy part of it, right? And we had yeah. friends over for New Year's Eve, and we haven't seen them in a while. And then Ember, our dog, hasn't seen them. I don't even know how long, but she, she knows them very well. And they came in and she was just like, oh, my God, you're like my favorite thing ever. And they were just, she was just <laughs> so excited. Just like, and I was just looking at her and we were just like, her joy is so complete. It, she doesn't half-assed anything. She's like, I yeah. love you so much. You were the best thing ever, ever, ever. And that energy and emotion that she has, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And we temper yeah. ours a lot by like, oh, yeah. is this the right thing we should be doing? Or is this, you know... How are people going to see heads. this? Yeah. Or, you know, dog doesn't care. It's like, I don't care if you think I'm crazy. You <laughs> I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you're going yeah. to take this and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's a good thing to remember, right? To just that unbridled ability to just to be in that moment, to feel what we're feeling. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I love that. I want to make sure that that is as present in my creative life as any other parts of my life. But just like, oh, I'm just going to paint paper. And I'm going to cut paper and now I'm going to make a dish with things in it, you know, and just feel because I feel like doing it because I'm not going to go, oh, that's dumb. I'm going to be like, nope, I want to. So I'm gonna. Yeah, I feel like that's you, you know, and maybe it's <laughs> honestly like you have done so many different types of artwork. You know, you're yeah. not like, well, I'm a polymer artist who makes necklaces because you used to, you know, focal yep. point beads and yeah. all that stuff. But that was your thing for a long time. Yep. And I, I don't know the last time you made a necklace. <laughs> but oh, decades. Like, I don't know how long. You're yeah. like, I'm going to paint this rock. I'm going to do a mosaic on this on this little piece of tile. I'm going to make make a dish with things in it. You know, you're just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I do appreciate you say that because, yeah, 
I just want to follow the joy and in the creative life too. I don't want to get stuck. Like, well, I'm this kind of artist. I guess I better do that again. I want to yeah. just keep playing, you know, yeah. and drag yeah. people along with me, whether they want to or not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I actually just wrote an article about that for the International Polymer Clay Association. It wasn't really supposed to be about that. It was supposed to be about other media's role in polymer yeah. art. And I ended up talking about asking yourself what it's supposed to be. Like, oh, I'm a polymer artist. Therefore, yeah. my work has to all be always be polymer. Because you yeah. identify, most people would say you're a polymer artist. But there are like periods of time where there's nothing but beads and shells and bits and bobs yep. and no polymer on on your work, you know, or it's epoxy yep. at that most or whatever. Yep. And I don't think we should corner ourselves by those right. labels and yeah. not do whatever it is that does bring us joy at that moment. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's all come down from the fact that if you feel like you have to make a living at your art or you have to sell it or whatever it is, which many people feel like they have to, even though they don't have to. Then there's the common wisdom is that you should do one thing that's identifiable as right. you, you know, not branch out, you know. So we kind of get stuck in that thing of like, no, I have to do this one thing. It's like, ah, screw that. You know, that that yeah. was a, a small uh, bit of advice in, in a limited circumstance for a few amount of people, but somehow right. got extrapolated into the whole of your art experience. And I'm just like, man, follow the bliss, baby. Just do what is amusing to you. Play. <laughs> go for the yeah. experience, you know. If you have to do it because you need to make a livelihood at it, then at least try to make it as enjoyable as you can, as experientially satisfying as you can. You can do what you need to do for the end goal purpose of selling, being in a gallery, right. getting representation, whatever it is that you need. Because that's really what we're talking about. Like If you have to narrow down what you're doing and you have to try to stay under that label very specifically because your gallery representation wants you to do that or the shows that right. you go to wants you to do that. That's fine. But that doesn't mean that you can't do other things outside of it, you know, yeah, exactly. and then share it with your friends or share it on Instagram or find the markets that do want. That. Right. There's always yeah. a market. I don't believe there's any kind of artwork that anyone does that there's no market for. Because right. if you do it and right. you like it, Somebody there's someone else, else out there that up. likes that stuff mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And even if you were the only person in the universe to like your weird, fuzzy spider balloon art or whatever you do, <laughs> then just do it for you and put it in your room or in your bathroom or whatever and look at it and be amused by it. And that is right? all good. Yeah. Right. So it still has a purpose <laughs> and your market is you. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So in any case, we're both going to work on our little world things, your yes, little dishes, are. my yep. rock garden. And yeah. maybe we can get some photos up at some point with what yeah. we end up doing from them. And I know yeah. you were going to try to help people get those started by doing like little packages. right? Yeah. I In fact, I was a little under the weather over the holiday. So um, one of the things I amused myself with is I just went through a lot of my sources and I started sourcing some things to make some little world kits. Now, everybody yeah. can do their own. They don't need a kit from me, but a lot of people right. like those. So I thought, why the heck not? So I've got these assortment of things coming in and I envision a theme and uh -huh. I'm going to make a little yeah. creature that goes with each one. So like, oh. I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> and then they can take the That's little awesome. creature and all the stuff and then create their own little world out of yeah. the little uh, individual ingredients. So yeah. I'll be having that, you know, and that's something I think I'll be ongoing where I'll do one offs with something special and occasional kids. Because I think that's going to be a fun ongoing yeah. thing. 
Well, those can be great, like, starter kits. If you've been an artist for a while, you probably have a bunch of bits and bobs. But, you know, you can go to christyfriesen.com. I will put a link in the show notes or the description section of the podcast player that you're listening to to find that from her. So if you want to see what she's up to. And then on Instagram and Facebook, I'll post pictures of whatever we end up with. Which isn't going to be by the time this podcast comes out, probably. But they'll just have to subscribe and keep up and see yeah. what's going on. And, Maybe and we follow. can make an ongoing yeah, thing. Going to definitely do that on some of my Facebook groups. Is just have a you know a, a little World's Day where we just get little, together. We well, gotta cool. have a That's so live cool. chat yeah. and play and talk about it and have some fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that does kind of give it an end game, end goal. <laughs> yeah, but if it gets you started in it, that's fantastic. That's and if it. people yeah. want to share it, you know, totally send yeah. me pictures of anything like that that you do. That would be cool. That is just, so much fun. I'm just falling in love with this idea of doing more temporal work just to access that child again, to do things that feel kind of like more pure creativity that are yeah. unbounded by all the usual things that come into our artwork and as a form of meditation. And I think, yeah. you know, yeah. if regular meditation is hard for you, but you can get into just this kind of yeah. work that doesn't yeah. have all the pressure on it. I think we'd all really benefit from it. Meditation Absolutely. and that focus can help your artwork as well. So if you feel like you have to have a reason to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's it a good does help reason your creativity. It is resenting that being in the now, being in the moment. So it's like it's a yeah. goal, but also it gets you to like let go of goals. But that's good. Like, you can let go of goals. And, you know, yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's good for our health. It's good for our brain. And it's going to be easier to access your own creativity and to get into flow if you're doing it on a regular basis. So yeah, it has exactly. all kinds of things in it. Yeah. So we look forward to I love it. Doing that, so we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll so post I'll stuff keep regularly in touch with you personally and see well, what's going yeah. on because I will definitely <laughs> want to hear about what's going with your rock garden yeah, and yours too. Play so. area <laughs> and my play. I know, I know. I'm so excited. I don't even know what to put in there yet. I'm. I think we're going to end up going to thrift stores and put the weirdest crap that you can that you feel excited oh, yeah. about. Do it. Uh, we already yeah. have a lot of weird crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I can't wait to see how it ends up in there. We'll see what happens. But it'll, yeah, looking forward to that. I hope all the rest of you also are going to try something temporal. It doesn't have to yeah. be little dishes or the little worlds. It can be whatever it is. It can be sandcastles. It can be marshmallow castles. It can be chalk on the sidewalk. Whatever yeah. it is. So Whatever so happens. Enjoy that. Try to go out and do more temporal work. See if that does help you get into flow state and feels meditative and helps your creativity. And then, yeah, uh, yeah just go out and uh, feed that muse. Be yep. true to your weirdness. Be and you're the one joyful. who brought up that line <laughs> that I yeah, use all the time that's now. Right. Be true, yeah, be true, be true to your true weirdness, to your weirdness. Be true yeah. to your weirdness. Absolutely. Yeah. And then join us <laughs> next time on the Sage Arts Podcast.